Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Happy Friday. It's Friday. 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 Ooh. It's a huge song. I, I haven't ever really been nervous for an episode. Mm. I was a bit nervous for this one today. KSI you got a little bit. Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? But no, you were you were incredibly nervous for this next one. I've never I seen was. you like running around the studio trying to poof the cushions. Even at one point I was like, Alex, I don't think you could be on this because the mics are echoing. I was, I was like... Yeah, you tried to can me last minute. like Because you were like... What? I because the I mean, mics weren't yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no wicked, by the way. Just before going in. By the way, not sure if uh, if you're quite up for, like up to scratch. I was like, right, well... It I'm, wasn't you're not up to I'm scratch. I'm just going to sit in silence because I no, don't want to fuck it up. No, it wasn't that you're not up to scratch. I was like... Well, that's what it felt like. So. <laughs> I was not feeling that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that again. Just give me give me an hour warning rather than when no, I'm on my way. It was because the mics yeah, but I would, that's my point. I was freaking out really mm, bad. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have the director, Felicity, and one of the victims, Cecilia, from the Tinder Swindler, Netflix brand new hit documentary on the podcast today. The most watched. It's the most watched documentary in the UK and in the US. Is flying at the moment. It's mm. everything's, Everyone's talked about it. It's about a guy called Simon Levive, who was a con artist mm. and he conned women over tinder he he matched with women on tinder and conned them into believing he was a billionaire mm. and then stealing money from them it's estimated he stole over or close to 10 million pounds cecilia was swindled out of over two hundred thousand pounds that we find out in the episode Mad. and they speak openly they're honest we speak about how it was made, about how it felt, emotions, everything. It's a pretty powerful episode. Mm. I've watched the documentary and the whole way through, all I could think of was you. <laughs> so similar <laughs> to Simon. Then I'm a swindler. So similar to that guy. I'm not a swindler. <laughs> you are a swindler. I'm not a swindler. But this um, guy is still out and about. Well, I know he's got like a following now on Instagram. So he's like some living some jet set life. Yeah, but again. I think because interest, people are interested in him. Um, I mean, not hopefully some, well, not some bad, but you know, something he gets locked up because. Well, you, you would think so. But as um, Felicity said, it's one of these things which is like the perfect crime. 
and she explains why it is the perfect crime. Listen, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, it, it's a really great episode. If you've watched The Tinder Swindler, you're going to love this. Obviously, we have two parts. So make sure you listen to part one, part one now and then click over to part two because it's even more juicier than the first. All right, let's get into it, man. I don't know what else to say. I'm just, I'm excited for this one. Just look, calm yourself. All right. Sit I, back. We've already done it. I didn't, I'm no, like, I know, I but you're, gonna listen to you're it. still shaking. Can you feel it? Can you yeah, feel the energy? I can, I can feel it. Okay, you bring me down a little bit. That's safety. Bring you down? No, as in like, no. Oh, uh, as in like help, Jesus, helping you. I thought you just said, I'm bringing you down. Not only did you try and sack me off five minutes before, which by the way, doesn't fill someone with confidence. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't about you. It's the freaking microphones you do. Yeah, no, it's plausible. It's plausible. It's not, God. All right, everybody. We have the director and the star of the Netflix hit documentary, The Tinder Swindler, in your ears right now. Enjoy the episode. Guys, I said this before, but there's rarely been a podcast where I haven't been... You know, as a child, you get that giddy excitement the night before. I had a bubble in my throat. I was so excited. You, do you yeah, Jamie was r- rushing around, tidying up. He was like, oh, my God. I know. It's really embarrassing that it's like this. But honestly, I'm, I'm so excited. And firstly, I just want to congratulate you guys on all the success of, of the documentary. You fully deserve it. Thank you. I mean, with all these things... Felicity, I know it's your directing debut. It is. And you sort of got you got top of the pop straight away. Yeah. What does that mean for you? Is that exciting? It's bananas. I can't, you know, when you're making something like this and when you've got, you know, such an important story to tell, you're always hoping that people at home are going to watch it and that the reception is going to be as you hoped. You know, we always really hoped that people at home would sort of sympathise with Cecilia, Penilla and Eileen and would... Just think that they're as badass as we have throughout sort of making it. But, you know, there is also that sort of anxiety that you have that you're putting these women's stories sort of out to the world Mm -hmm. and out to, you know, people on Twitter who can say what they like about them. Um, But, you know, yeah, you knew that. You (laughs) sort of experienced that before. But, you know, there is obviously all of the kind of nasty stuff, but at the same time, there's just been amazing, amazing, amazing feedback. I, I, I suppose touching on that point is important, right? Because, um, Cecilia, the, for you, right, I, I firstly, th- thank God you're okay. <laughs> right, yeah, no, it really is. You know, you're you're an incredible person to go through something like that and come out the other side is, you should be applauded, firstly, mm-hmm. because it is, the trauma and all the things must be hell on yeah. earth. Um and, you know, we, we know in sort of the society that we live in that fraud happens in everyday life all the time, mm-hmm. whether it's romantic fraud or it's um, financial fraud, you know, whatever it may be. And I suppose because when you make a documentary about it, you sort of set yourself up for criticism. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the question is, is to, to the foolish people out there who question certain things about, okay, they sort of s- suggest that why weren't things answered and stuff like that? And and how would you respond to all the foolish people who do criticise? I just think that it's so easy with hindsight. Yeah, I totally. think it's so easy to sit when you weren't in the situation. And of course, when everything happened, I went back. I was as well. You, you, I've been reflecting so much, you know, because <laughs> I had to. You had to wonder why you did what you did. But then I've come to terms and I've been reading books and a lot of articles and gone to therapy. And it's how people like 
handle when you're under threats and stress is very different from when you're just sitting here and like saying oh I would never have done that I would never have believed that because you're in the situation and in that aspect I've come to terms with it because mm. you can't sit here and I'm going to be sad the rest of my life just because of what this happened and beat myself over it uh, and it's so normal as you say it happens it's so many people who's yeah. been writing all to the me. time it happens All the time. And they are the ones who are the most sympathetic, you know. They are the ones who are saying, like, I've been with this kind of person. I totally believe you. And it's just so nice to see that there are people out there. And there are a lot of us. <laughs> Many more than what I thought. Actually. Yeah. I, I guess fundamentally, you were actually just doing a good thing. You were trying to, like, save someone's life almost. Like, when you strip it back, you were just doing a nice thing. Yeah. It, really. feel, it feels very weird to be called greedy and a gold digger. Because that is, like, it's fine to call me naive and stupid. It's fine. Like, like for me, that's like, because if you think about it, nine <laughs> nine, nine loans and over 200,000 pounds. He was the gold digger, actually. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. I think it just is one thing to actually, okay, fine, okay, like, naive. And, okay, and I feel it's a good quality to be a bit naive i think that's beautiful i think if you're yeah. to go through, through life just being cynical and just like mm, like i don't want to be that person mm. but to call me greedy and a gold digger then i'm like come on <laughs> those comments i'm i can't you know if, if you had to give a quick synopsis of what the documentary is about mm. Felicity, what would you say it is to listeners who haven't seen the tinder swindler well the film is obviously focused very much on the women and mm. their experience of you know, finding what they feel is like the love of their life, really. And so it starts off as a romance. And I think that when we were making it, we knew that the audience had to sort of live almost what you did mm. in meeting Simon and having that sort of insane first date, going on a private jet, being so totally sort of swept off your feet. And then, you know, the falling in love, the love story. And then it sort of then twists into you know, kind of a mystery, like what's going on here, money's clocking up, you're sort of having some doubts, but also you're just sort of stuck in this like whirlwind of a sort of relationship that's completely taking over your life. Like mm. I know that you had sort of distanced yourself from like friends and family, like when he was sort of asking you for money all the time and making you feel like your life was under threat. And then it then twists into sort of an amazing revenge thriller yeah and, and what i love about it as well is that especially as a as a director or person involved within it, it it's so easy to for it to become something different mm. you know you can a lot of the time what happens with these uh films is that they focus you know on on the baddie and actually this champions the women in it in such a great way which it should do right that's a hundred percent what it should do and mm -hmm. what you said so right before is the audience are now bored of the baddie being the sort of pinnacle figure within things we don't want that anymore we want actually the victims to shine through and realize actually what happened to them was that your idea or was that kind of the motive from the beginning no it was I mean you know I'm similar age to Cecilia like you know have had ups and downs in love life and just knew that I wanted to make a film that really like championed my peers at the end of the day and that gave these women sort of the platform and validation to just say what they needed to say because while the story had you know obviously been covered by the amazing reporters in Norway mm. it was sort of surface level and I think when you come to a story about you know a billionaire sweeps these women off their feet and then they give them money you very much you know I was like well, how does that how on earth could that happen I think if you read the story didn't watch the doc but if you read it you would have thought 
my goodness, what yeah. what happened? And then how could something like this happen? How, you know, oh. you would you would think uh, that would never happen to me. And then I remember we were sort of in the early days of developing it and Cecilia and Penilla came into the office mm. and it was like, they both sat there and they were sort of like, you've got to do this and you've got to do this and we're so angry at him and you know he's still out there and I can't believe it. And they were like, just full of like rage. Yes, you would be. I was like, oh my God, these two women are so amazing. And actually I just want to go and have a glass of wine with them and for them to tell me everything. And that sort of then started off in my mind, like, well, how am I going to make this film sort of feel like it's just like your friend telling you this like bonkers story that Mm. at the end of it, you are just left sort of speechless, but also just feel, you know, huge amounts of empathy for... Yes, huge yeah. amounts of empathy. Cecilia, you know, the, the hardest thing, I suppose, having gone through that and what you experience is then to be vulnerable again and retell a story. Mm. That's hard, especially... It's hard retelling a story on a podcast with friends, let alone when you've got cameras and on Netflix. Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> Because honestly, I really you, no, but you, I promise no, you this, been... praise where praise is given, you were fabulous yeah. on it and brave, right? Yeah. And I think it needs to be said that, you know, and I'm not just here trying to suck up to you. I honestly truly believe that. I think it, it is. It was really. And I remember before taping, like Fliss and Bernie was really like, we have to ask you this, but you have to go back in time and you have to love Simon. <laughs> you have to sit there and you have to retell it like you were. And that was, I remember, it was so difficult. Yeah, Some of really those hard. takes was like, I can't, like, you can't ask me to do it. And it's like, we need to. <laughs> so it was, I, I don't know how, I think it's like, I, it's, I still get tears in my eyes. Like I, when I watch a documentary and I see myself talking about the loving relationship, I still get teary-eyed. Uh, I think it's weird because I, I still think that I mourn a relationship I really loved, yeah. like, like I loved being with them. So, so bad. Like, it's just, it's so weird for me that even I am like, oh, I feel so bad for her because it's not real. (laughs) It's not real. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. No, no, but I think that's fair. And it's so true. 
I'm so glad you said that, that you had to sort of put yourself back in that moment. Because when you were describing your romance with Simon at the beginning, there was that moment where you said you kissed him on the cheek. And, and you could see that you had put yourself back in that moment because you got flutters almost. Yeah. It was like that sort of first love. I mean, did you at that time love him? When yeah. You, you did. Yeah. I, and I, I think the brainwashing is just like it was so spectacular. Like when I went to block him, I cried. It, it was such a weird thing for me. It's like I knew that he had defrauded me, but I is still part of me, and I still think that's why I still tear up with it because it was a relationship. Like Simon is so good when you're with him at bringing you up. Like Prilla was talking about, like battery charger, and I so agree. Like he's the one who is like pulling you up. And some of the voice notes wasn't in the documentary, but I know that a lot of like for me those really gave me energy, and you felt that you could really and he's. He's a very nice guy and he's funny and he said that's I was just mourning the personality he tried to be and just knowing that someone could do that to you and like be the complete opposite it's just insane the the great thing about um the film is when you say uh, how swiping left is it left or right on tinder i feel like you don't know, yeah, you know <laughs> trying to act really i don't know listen <laughs> swiping left can change your whole life and that's literally, and that was the great point that was sort of said in it, which is so true that you had this one moment, you were sitting there, you didn't even really want to be on Tinder, but you're just doing it just for fun, whatever. You swipe left, you connect, and then suddenly you're in the hotel, suddenly you're on a jet, suddenly you've been swept into this life that you didn't choose to be in, that you, you're kind of, you're fooled into getting into it, right? Yeah. I just felt like he had different, like he had he had several people that he was defrauding at the same time, you know. So when I look back, I was like the proper milking cow. I could yeah. see that in the end because yeah. I was in London, you know, and visited him in this apartment in Amsterdam. But I could see all the spend on my cards. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, that's why I think the documentary is so excellent, like in mm. the editing there, because re- it really hit me even more when I saw it. I was like, this is actually I was, how he was doing it. Yeah. I was just at work making those calls to Amex while he was thrilled. I, it was just so, it, it's like, you know, I knew it, you know, but to see it, it it's so paid. It, well, I cried the first time after I saw the documentary. It wasn't their fault, but it's like, I just, I just, I said, I just feel so stupid because it's so in the face there, you know, yeah. that you're the one getting did, the did very you, short end of the have, stick. Uh, moments after you realized you'd been frauded that you were like, I could actually go back. You know, you had like moments of weakness where you're like, could I go back to him? Like, oh God, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like te- texting an ex. Like when oh, you're, no, when no, you're, I, you're drunk. You're like, yeah. I don't know. Simon, what are you up to? Buddy? <laughs> I was even done with the relationship, like even when before I was like, utterly believed that I was defrauded, like before I reached out to Amex, where I was like, when everything is sorted, I don't want to be in this anymore. Yeah. Because this is a life almost like the baby's mother told me in the car, like his life is too crazy that I don't want to be part of. It was kind of like, it, this is not worth it, mm. this kind of battle. But I thought it would be a battle that we would win in the end. But I was so sick like so tired i mentally so drained so no mm. <laughs> did not but but I, i'm sorry to take you back at the moment because it's the last thing i want to do i'm sure every single interview has done the same thing to take us back but you know the moment that you you're you're with simon and you're experiencing these sort of trips and going across were there certain moments when you were saying like this doesn't seem to be adding up right now but because of your love and you know you're in a relationship that's what you do you kind of you know you love each other were there certain moments you look back at your life and you go "Ah, that maybe was a moment which I thought okay maybe not well in the end money wasn't coming in uh but I think like he's very smart with telling you why the money isn't coming in and and then you had vacation like it was just always like adding up but of course 
when someone is saying that a it's transfer is going to come, come in and it doesn't come in. Yeah. But hindsight, as I say, is a, is a, is a beautiful thing. It's funny <laughs> with this because everyone talks about the red flags, yeah. you, know, what, what, you know. Why didn't you pick up on the red flags? And I think you just then said, you know, that when you throw love into the mix of these things, like love can make you do like quite crazy things crazy. I, I once begged for someone back on a, on a on a on a road i got on my hands and knees when i was in love with them and i said please don't break up with me and <laughs> my teardrops are landing on their shoes <laughs> and i thought this is not a good look but that's like a chemical love reaction love does that yeah, yeah love does it's that it's a chemical reaction that goes on in your when you yeah. utterly believed he was endangered i know a lot of people are making fun and i love the internet it's so many funny comments about peter down blood <laughs> like i have to say i'm laughing so is hard what it says? yeah my <laughs> enemies are coming to get me and i know we're laughing so much about these enemies but, but when you truly believe that there are and now i'm laughing so much but when you truly believe that there are enemies after someone mm. and you are truly with them and you truly believe that this guy's in danger how on earth if you're in a relationship and he asks for help would you ever say no like you don't for me it doesn't make sense and i see people are writing oh i would just turn my back and i will just but i was like what it just like it just i don't understand that it's an insane story but Simon was larger than life, like everything he was yeah. doing. It wasn't weird that he would have been in. It's like, also just a world that you didn't know that no, much not about. At all. You know, like who knows about the world of diamond dealings and, you know, the, the most I sort of had knew about it was like watching something like Blood Diamond. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, that yeah. very much is like turf wars, you know, and then you've got this guy who's like saying that he's the head of, you know, one of the yeah. world's biggest diamond manufacturing companies. And... There's only so much that you probe into that, really, beyond what the expert tells you about it. Yeah. So, but when you truly believe that he is the like he's the boss of a big diamond company, he has a bodyguard. It was almost like when you look back on it, and you were like, okay, this is this is strange. It's like, but it's even stranger that someone would set up an act. It's yeah. like it's like who, who like how would you believe that he would? We we don't live our lives thinking that everyone is inherently trying to like fuck us over. So that's like, what I mean. So when you're in it, I just I just think it's yeah. It's, as I said, it's 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 just difficult to look back and say what you could have done differently. No, but I don't. I, I sorry, and maybe I, refer, I I phrased that wrong. I don't think you. What would you have changed? Because I don't think you would change anything. Because actually, in everyday life, <laughs> if we all had hindsight, we'd change loads of different things. We don't. Yeah. I think it's more the fact that when you're, you know, we ha- we know that in re- there are abusive relationships that people don't get out of. There yeah. are relationships where people um are are cheated on. They don't get out. There's yeah. loads of different relationships that happen. And and it, more, my question was, it's just where you you almost realize the sort of sadisticness of this individual yeah. that he must have had no empathy yeah. and he must have been a complete so or is a complete sociopath in order to do these things because what he was doing is creating a scheme which was a ponzi scheme mm-hmm. in a sense he was stealing from stealing from stealing from stealing from stealing and he could wake up every day and make you believe or maybe he was that you guys were in love that's an incredible act. I think to be able to fake, to fake love. That. Yeah. yeah. How do you fake love? How, how do you yeah. get to that place in your life? And yeah. not, and not, and for me, like not just faking love, but he was faking that he was in in danger. Like I felt really like while I was with him when I was telling about the last night that we had, why it was a bad night as well is that I felt the burden on him. Like when I was with him, he was a great actor then because he was really playing. That he was so, you know, physically sick and mentally exhausted and this deal. And then he had been like just partying around, you know, I was like, it's just, just such a great act. He needs I to go that. to Hollywood. He <laughs> yeah, like... you should use his talents a bit better than what he does now. Where, where is he? 
Where is Simon? He's in Israel. Did you try and contact him for the Yeah, for the we did, obviously, because, you know, when you make a film like this, then you, you know, have to sort of try contact get, everybody yeah. that, you know, that you're speaking about. So, yeah, I spoke to his criminal lawyer. So when the story came to us, when Celia and Penilla, when we first met them, Simon was, you know, still at large. He was still on the run. He hadn't mm. been caught. We didn't know anything about Eileen at that point and what she had done. So I thought, well, we sort of know the story that we're going to tell. We know what you would be saying about him. Like, we're going to have to sort of put those to him. And he then got caught, and then there was a big question mark over where he was, you know, because at that point there were like seven different police forces that were sort of looking into him. And then he was extradited back to Israel to face charges from, like, way back in 2011 when he'd been um, forging checks and stuff when he was much younger. So... Then he went to prison and then his lawyer was like, oh, he's actually going to be coming out next week. He's going to be released early because of COVID and I've given him your number. And I thought, oh, gosh. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and then, um, yeah, and then I think it was back in May, I like woke up with a WhatsApp message from him saying, hey, this is Simon, let's talk about this Netflix thing. And then um, we um, had a, an initial conversation and then obviously I said, you know, let's speak to, you know, your lawyer, I spoke to the lawyers, the conversation sort of went quiet. They were legitimate lawyers. And then we just sort of went back and forwards with him over the course of making the film sort of, you know, 18 months saying, I started sending him voice notes because I knew that I wanted voice notes back that we mm. could use in the film um Sneaky. so like it's it. funny actually because it made me think when i was listening to your podcast with spencer oh, when God. you guys send a voice <laughs> send note because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's revealing wait, a voice note yeah when you wait for one back so i would have bernie like be with bernie the producer and i'd sort of say okay hi, hi simon you know it's just <laughs> me again um and then we'd sort of wait for a response and then we spoke to some other lawyers and then it just got so far into we were basically in the edit and I said look you know we can do an interview remotely if you if you want to give a statement Mm. and then that sort of never transpired and then the voice note that you hear at the the end of the film that's fab like what was he saying saying? it would be fascinating yeah I want to find this out but um, I think also Felicity which is so um, firstly making movies is hard We, we all know that making movies is hard Making fictional movies is, is very difficult. Making movies about individuals. Not only do you have to make it into a movie, but also you're dealing with the victim's emotions and, yeah. and making it real for them and making it true to them that you're not going to upset them. Yeah. It's a lot of pre- pressure. Yeah. And, and so how do, you, how do you handle that responsibility? Well, we just got to know you really well. I think, you know, we spent hours talking to the women and just, you know, learning about, sort of who they were, who they were before this all happened to them. And it was like during lockdown. So obviously a lot of us had nothing, much else to do no. other than to talk to each other. And then in those in- interviews, like poor Cecilia, I mean, she was absolutely amazing. We interviewed her across two days, like long 14 hour days in wow. a lovely f- French restaurant that's just around the corner from here. But we had to have all the windows, all the doors open because of COVID to like oh keep the gosh. air coming through. And it was freezing and obviously <laughs> Cecilia's there like in her nice blouse and you know on that first day and I had like my jacket over my legs and Cecilia was like I'm so cold and I was like just keep going <laughs> just keep going but keep going. I think we'd just done so much work with yeah. you before that that you it's, know you felt comfortable with each other I suppose yeah, that yeah. and you I suppose the biggest thing Cecilia for you it, it, I, I suppose you had 
I would. I'm speaking from. I would find it very hard to trust people, and、oh, yeah. and the fact that you gain that trust, I suppose. That's a huge achievement in, in itself. Yeah, both me and Pranella, we have been applauding Fliss and, and Bernie for <laughs> sticking out with us almost because it's been really, it's been really difficult because it's like the second time it's being it's being told, you know, or like the second、mm-hmm. time. So we were like so scared because like things haven't gone our way <laughs> the last. The last year, so we were just so scared for another blow, and we were like just waiting for the for the another blow to come, and it hasn't happened. But it was just yeah, all hail them for for like because yeah, I remember it hasn't been easy as well. We've been like you have to trust us, like are we trying? Because it's it is it, it yeah, it's it has been it has been difficult. But I think that we we created a friendship, and you can see it. I think it's so funny when I my friends are saying it's almost like seeing you. Talking to me, and I can see, like for example, when I'm showing you my Tinder and stuff, it is like talking to a friend that I'm showing Felicity. <laughs> you want to see it? Kind of like, okay. And you still and had everything. Like, there was still, obviously, there was still everything there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, all of the WhatsApps. So people sort of say, "Oh, my goodness, how did you manage to sort of figure out, you know, all of all of that?" You know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, obviously, of WhatsApps and、mm. Cecilia and Pililla and Eileen very kindly handed it all over. We were like, "Oh my god, this is the juiciest archive ever!" Like, <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so when you get your friend's phone, I can just have everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs>、um, but then, obviously, we were quite tactful with what made、yeah. it into the film. But、um, yeah, you then are thinking, okay, like, what can we tell? You know, just from a WhatsApp, because obviously, like a great thing about like relationships now is that you know a lot of it does take place on your phone. Like、mm. we're always on our phones, aren't we? And I think that that is very much a kind of way that Simon has sort of like weaponized social media. Is that he can obviously be sort of jet setting around, having relationships with other women,、mm. but make you feel that you're still at the center of his universe、yeah. because of the fact that he's always、that、on is, the phone. I just、yeah. don't believe. I I I get it. I get anxiety about,、uh, you know, whether or not my alarm's going to go off in the morning. Let alone to to, to have a, this organised crime going on. <laughs> it must on. have been so stressful. So stressful. So stressful. And, and just outrageous in、yeah. every way. Just no emotional, no human emotion.、Yeah. It seems like. And he remembered everything, didn't he? Yeah, God, it, it was insane. All the little things. And when Eileen said that as well, I was like. Yeah, he's so he's. As I said, he's so good. It could be one conversation that I had in January because I was so、um, cold in my apartment in London. I just oh, I'm so cold, and I need to go to bed and to get warm. And like a couple months later, when we search for apartments, I just don't want you to be cold in your apartment in, in London anymore. I want you to be like good and with me. And when this、wow. shit is over, you know how he says this, then then we're gonna be fine.、Um, so it's just those where like and, and the little things, for example, the book or things I've given him was in the apartment when I came and. Of course, one of the books was about Norwegians, and I was like, he's、yeah. just so calculated with what he's putting out.、And、like, do you think that was all him doing it on purpose? Yeah, they. I, I think they're very good in like this is, and why I say that's they? That's、like、a puzzle that you're putting together. Yeah,、mm. I don't know, because、like, there was a lot. I don't know. I know you've spoken maybe to even more than I do, but I know like yeah, he was with me and Eileen, for example, at the same time, and I think the audacity of bringing me to Amsterdam where Eileen. <laughs> Was working at the time. I was like, "Wow!" Because we walked around in Amsterdam as well,、yeah. and I was like, "We're just scared." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, What is wrong with you? Yeah, I, I don't think about it. He's just like he is so cunning and he's、mm. so good at it. 
Uh, guys, listen, we're going to stop there for part one. We're going to come back in part two where I want to find out more about the bodyguard, Peter. Oh, yeah. Who was that guy? Yeah. <laughs> also, a podcast, yeah. which, you have, which I luckily got a sneak peek to, and we're yeah. going to talk about that. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll see you in part two. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 